Okay, everybody wants good love, that's true, I know Derrick Jones about to break it down with the relationship gumbo Welcome to the podcast, ain't no doubt we all need this Ay, Cause better relationships need better ingredients Ay, So if you want better relations, it's about communication Finding love, staying together, we all wanna make it better Yeah, Derrick Jones the host, your relationship coach Thank you all for tuning in, relationship gumbo And welcome to another episode of the Relationship Gumbo Podcast. My name is Derek Jones, and I am your host. I'm a certified life coach and engineer, a strategist, and a mental health advocate. And so tonight, we have a very special show. We have a cast of not just men, but black men. We got to, you know, very seldom do you hear um, candid conversation from the mind of a black man. And especially in this, uh, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we want to talk about those things that that a lot of us feel like are stigmatized and we may be a little afraid to talk about them. So tonight we're going to, you know, unhinge the door and we're going to we're just going to get right into it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up all of my guests at once and then we're going to introduce them and we're just going to get into the conversation. So stand by. All right, let me make sure everybody's unmuted. I think Jermaine, I think you muted yourself. <laughs> okay, there we go. So here we go. So we have, so I'm gonna start from top to bottom. Um, the two gentlemen on your right side of your screen, they actually, we all graduated high school together. So uh, Northwestern Wildcats, if y'all out there, class of 91. So. First, we have Jermaine Norman. We're going to, well, actually, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let each person in, um, introduce themselves. So first, Jermaine, you can go just intro yourself, let people know a little bit about why you're here and, you know, maybe what you do, and, and then we're going to keep it moving. Jermaine Norman, like you said, graduated from Northwestern High School, a member of Phi Beta Sigma Attorney Incorporated, Director of Education. So I'm here because we want to educate people about mental health and how to get when they're emotional emotional uh, all right next up we have kevin harvey kevin harvey man i didn't graduate from northwestern man i went back to theater roosevelt but i'm here because uh i want to let the people know that mental health is it's not a bad thing it's actually a cool thing it's something that we all need and we'll get more to, into that when the podcast goes on. All right. And last but not least, we have Mr. Derek Cooper. And he is our, tonight, he is our resident expert. So I'm going to let you talk about who you are and what you do. So my name is Derek Cooper. Like Derek said, um, I'm a licensed graduate professional counselor. Um, I graduated from Bowie State University last year um, in spring. Um, also, I'm a certified addictions counselor, and I've been doing that past four years now okay cool so we're gonna we're gonna definitely use your knowledge tonight um to give us some context on some of the things that we're going to discuss so let me um let me make sure that there aren't any pertinent comments here um people are coming in so that that's great so what we want to do first is i want to say that tonight for the people that are listening what i wanted to do tonight is i wanted you to really just take a listen to what we're discussing and and just kind of you're going to you're going to see 
in your mind, you're going to see flashes of, you know, maybe your son or your husband or your uncle or your grandpa. We're regular people that deal with regular things. And what I believe is that if you see that it's not just you, then you'll be more inclined to seek help or at least try to 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 better yourself and grow from the situation that you're in mentally. So um, what I wanted to do first, and I have a couple of bullet points here, but we really just going to have a conversation and just kind of let you guys listen in. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, people who deal with mental health. Um, I don't know what the what the term is. I don't want to say problems or issues, but um, <laughs> I got to be careful. Um, <laughs> people who deal with things, we typically um, look at mental health and going and seeking help as like these these really harsh clinical things. And that I think sometimes like we have, well, we're going to talk about um, stigmas, but in our communities, a lot of times we call people crazy for going to get help because we only see mental health as, you know, bipolar and schizophrenic and the clinical stuff and you're getting medicated. But then, you know, where I normally try to speak on because I'm not the the professional is it's these little things that we can make tweaks and, 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 and we know like people will say all the time, I'm depressed today. I'm stressed out, but they don't really have context to it. And if you don't know how to appropriately name it, then how do you go about trying to seek help to fix it? Because you can say I'm depressed every day for the next 20 years and never try to take any steps to, to, to correct it. And, 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 and finally, before we get to the gentleman here, I want to make sure that what we do, because there's a, I've been looking online and I see all this stuff on Facebook. It's a lot of people that are now speaking out about this stuff, especially in quarantine and on Zoom and all these other things. But we also have a responsibility to our tribe and our community. So wherever you can get the information, come get it. And we just want to be one of those vessels. So what I want to do right now is I want each of the gentlemen, and then you can provide your context too, whether it's personally, Derek, or even professionally, about stigmas. First, we're going to talk about stigmas. The stigmas that we have in our families, in our culture, in our society, how how have those stigmas affected you um, in a way that made you feel may, possibly like uncomfortable to talk about maybe some things you were going on? Like, has that been like growing up? Was it like a thing where you felt like you could not share your emotions? We'll start with Jermaine. So, yes. Um I think that that's been the basis of my adult cry is the not being or not feeling heard or understood, which triggers a whole bunch of other things. And um, that has become, as you say, the, the, for me personally, which is why I, I wanted to be on the show when you when you broke it down to me. That that journey of self-awareness to be able to realize that everything that I may be feeling on the inside is not actually taking place on the outside. And then how do you deal with that? Yeah. 
Kevin? Um, just like even from a from being a young man, right? Just not never feeling good enough. Even though I might have had this or that or whatever I did, it was not good enough to me, and I was never happy or satisfied with what I accomplished. And um, it's still like that to this day, and that's why I'm in. That's why I'm in therapy now. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna come back to that in a, in a, in a I, minute. I got you. I mean, Derek. <laughs> so to speak from it from both sides. Um, when I was a kid, like just growing up in a very traditional Caribbean household, um, like, you know, it's just strict and this certain things just happen. So breaking out of that, I think was like the difficult part, but like, you know, kind of like what Kevin was saying, like, you know, like through therapy and things like, you know, I've been able to um, break away from like the old traditions of things and make my own, kind of like start covering my own path out. Um, and that kind of leads into the professional side of it too is, just the difficulty of being a black man in this field, because there's not a lot of us, right? Like, you know, when I meet a lot of my clients, they're saying like, I was like searching high and low for somebody like me because it's not a lot of you guys around. So it's, honestly, it can be kind of isolating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's, 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 it's also like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I see this all the time is, it's like um, even with the stigmas, and we can talk about the black community too. Um, specifically, we 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 call each other weak. You know, you weak. You want to go get help? Why? Why would you want to do that? As if we all have the manual on how to correct these problems, right? <laughs> and normally, the person that's telling hey, you probably messed up. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You're hundred percent right. And so, what happens? With the stigmas and the, and the piggyback on what Derek was saying about the lack of African Americans um, in the med in the uh, the mental health field, a lot of times you want to go to a person that you feel like you can identify with, mm -hmm. but then you go and it's not enough. So now you gotta either choose someone that doesn't look like you or may not identify with you. And a lot of times people will go that route and say. What now? I'm good, and then they won't even come back to try to even figure it out. And so they try. What a lot of us try to do is think that we're good enough to self heal and self self medicate and self. You know, you're going to the bar because you, yeah. you had a bad day, and 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 and, 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 and we we all been there, right? So yes, happy hour. Happy hour was the counselor, right? So you gotta you gotta in context. Just to talk about like what that means to a young black man who's dealing with the pressures of just being a black man in America on top of what you may be dealing with with your family, what you may be dealing with in your relationship, what you may be dealing with with your kids. And to have the stigma sit on top of all of that and say, nah, you can't say anything. You don't want them to talk about you. You don't want them to think you weak because we supposed to be the, you know, we supposed to be strong no matter what. Right. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted this panel to look like this, because we also, even in a lot of women will always say this to me, y'all more emotional than we are. <laughs> we got, we got, we got hearts and feelings too. 
It's so, but we had, we had it real good, though, Dirk. <laughs> it may take you 40 years to figure it out, but it's in there, right? <laughs> so, so, so it, it's, and we're going to, and I'm going to jump off of this because we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this. Oh. That stigma thing stifles a whole community from healing from traumas from the past, present, and it dictates the what happens in the future. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, about what that looks like for the generations to come. We didn't have a manual. Our parents, like you think that our generation wants to be macho. Look at the generation before us and the generation before that. When you talk about people not really talking. <laughs> so we didn't have the manual. So we had to figure it out. Trial and error. And a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of, you know, struggle came behind that. And then hopefully you'll get to a point where you say either A, I need to move different or B, I need somebody to help me move different. Right. And that's where people like Derek come in, because getting help is not. It's it's not taboo. Like I, I was going to say anymore, it was never taboo. But now you start to see people feeling more comfortable. Society's changing. They feel a, lot, a little more comfortable, but it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Go ahead. Can I, can I so I, I think I saw exactly what you're talking about more when I was doing addictions counseling, just because I was doing group mm -hmm. addictions counseling. And it was difficult to see when, like, you know, like a black male came in there and like, I'm doing the eval. And it is, it is like, you know, I don't got a problem. Nothing's wrong. And I'm like, but you're here. So what are we at least talking about? Like, what can we at least figure out what's happening right now? Because something drove you to be here to talk to me in the first place. So what is it? So, right. but, but to admit you have a problem with, like, whether it's alcohol, whether it's uh, other drugs or marital issues, like, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to actually come out and say it to a stranger, like, yeah, I'm, this is what's happening in my life. And I think what happens too, some professionals, no one specific, but like some people think people are coming to therapy and just get it and post to just start talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> that doesn't, no one does that. <laughs> so I, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like, especially with our people, like, you know, there's like an expectation, like, you know, they should come here and just be a part of the plan and everything. But it's also your, they also get looked at a certain way too because you don't know what to really say to them because you can't relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's it's tough, but it's necessary. Um, use all that macho ness to push you over the edge to go and get help, man. That's that. It's so go ahead, Jermaine. So I was going to say I think that um when when you talk about stigmas, if I flip it a little bit, I know that. There is a stigma in our community about even going to counseling. So um, a lot of people see counseling, and one of my friends, Mr. Shaliga, posted that it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a uh, mental issue, but because that's how it's classified in our community, a lot of people don't want to go because then does that mean I'm crazy? Right. Right. And right. so they don't even consider that as an option because they're going to try to work it out themselves. And then the situation becomes worse. And like for me, my journey to counseling 
I come from wearing this Yankee church. And I just went to a church where our pastor at the time just happened to be on that journey himself and began to share that wisdom with the church. And then a lot of people started going to Christian counselors and then it kind of made it okay and people started to go. But I think like when you go for the first time to your point there, um, another stigma is, and I, and I saw Kevin shaking his head, a lot of times being a black male, you can't be wrong, right? <laughs> yep. I'm a little boy, and now as a man in a lot of settings that I'm in, whether it's romantic, whether it's with the job, with your kids, you always got to be on it. And when you off or you're wrong, I think for us, we take it as we're less than, right? So being wrong or being off means that you're not the man that you're supposed to be. And so when you go into counseling and you are engaging with a person that you don't know, to Derek's point, there's a level of trust that has to be built between me and the counselor where I can start spilling in my gut, so to speak, and they not judge me. Um, exactly, yeah. It takes a little bit of time, but it's, I would just say this. I've been multiple times, and this probably is some of the best things that I've ever done to invest in me. So, so let's do let's do a segue. If anybody had the other points on the stigma topic, now's your time. But we're gonna move into the next the next uh, category here, which is um, I, at what point did you identify that you needed to seek help or you needed to make a change? And we're gonna start with Kevin on this one. Uh, <laughs> um, I started. I think I started counseling maybe about four months ago, maybe. Three or three or four months ago, and I was I was spiraling out of control. I'm keeping real, you know. I'm not here to fake. I was spiraling out of control. I was drinking too much, doing a lot of stuff, and never felt happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I need to talk to somebody, right? And and I went right. I had a friend of mine took me to a therapist, right? And I'm, and this is this I'm, it's gonna be funny right now. You're gonna laugh, right? So when I went to when I went to see the therapist, my therapist she's a very nice looking woman, right? I'm like, I can't talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> But when I did, I went back in the room and I sat down and talked to her. It, 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 it I, all that went on my mind, and and it's been a blessing ever since. But I still haven't got to the point yet where I've told her everything I need to tell her. So I'm still working. That's all I can say. Right. I'm still working. What, what do you think holds you back? I'm curious. Huh? What do you think holds you back from doing that? I don't know. I just embarrassment, man. Embarrassment. Yeah, actually, embarrassment. Like it's like, damn, I can't tell her. You know what I'm saying? I can't. You know, it's but but I need to because I need to get to the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and that's the yeah. truth of the story. So, if you don't mind, without giving too much detail, what was your breaking point? <laughs> My breaking point? I don't know, Derek. It was like, um, it's I, Derek. You know me, you Derek. We've been knowing each other for a long time, and um, so I so. I started like you know you know how to get fat one time right so I lost the weight. We all, we yeah. <laughs> I lost the weight and I was good. I was getting all the attention and everything, but I still wasn't happy. And I'm like, what's yep. going on? You see what I'm saying? To the bottle, and then it's like, man, this this still ain't working. You know what I'm saying? Scared to yeah. make commitments, pushing good people out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like just just 
mental mental stress, man. We have to we go through and you have to figure out a way to get past it. That's it. Yeah. Real talk. But, yep. Jermaine. Yeah. So I think the my first encounter with counseling was um anger management. Um I was married at the time and um I just had these unrealistic expectations for my wife at the time. Um and um I just found myself just being overly emotional about things. And um so when I went to the counseling, one of my major breakthroughs was uh because I grew up and my mom, her thing was, you you gotta be on time. So she was like Tom Coffin, anybody who, who knows football. Her thing was, if you had to be somewhere at nine o'clock, you need to be there by 8.15, 8.20, right? To give yourself enough time. So I kind of started putting that on people. And so one day I was at the counseling session and I was talking to the counselor and he was like, you know, what's the problem? I was like, she always late. And so he was like, let me ask you a question. He's like, do you think that she gets up and says, ooh, let me mess with him today. I'm going to be late on purpose just to make him mad. And I was like, what? I was like, no, who, who does that? <laughs> Getting angry at her as if that's what she's doing with malice intent. And I was like, oh, he was like, you're not that important. And I was like, what? What you mean? And he was like, you think that she's thinking about you all day, every day. And he was like, she has her own life that she's living. And when she's doing what she's doing, she's doing that. And you may not be at the forefront of her mind. So he was like, you got to learn to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I think that was the beginning of the journey for me because I wasn't getting the results in my relationship. And I didn't understand why. And that was the beginning going to that counselor having those sessions and realizing that a lot of the problems I thought was outside was really on the inside. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. And I think for me, I haven't taken a step to actually go see a counselor or a therapist. Cause I'm always like the, you know, I'm the, I'm the troubleshooter. So I'm always like analyzing even my own um, human behavior because I'm like a machine when it comes to like looking at other people. Right. And, and which lends to what I'm doing with the life code. Like I can, I can read people like, like it's, it's crazy. So when I do my assessment of my own life, like for me, my, my mental, the things that fall under the mental health umbrella and the negative things fell under, you know, stress, anxiety, probably some slight depression, I'm sure. Um, but for me, I was one of those type of people that you never saw the you never saw me break right i'm always going to take everybody else's issues and put it on my back and handle it and worry about me last but people you know over time i realized that people that do that even though we do it for we're selfless and we want to make sure everybody good when you don't put yourself on that plate there's so much yeah. stuff taken from you it's nothing left yeah and and a lot of like just doing research I never knew that a sign of depression was sleeping too much. Right. Uh, and so I would be taking rent. Like I would get my eight hours or my six hours or whatever. And throughout the course of the day, I'm like, dang, I feel, Oh, I yeah. need to take a 
nap. Oh, another nap. Another one. I just woke up. Why do I still feel tired? And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. No, I am getting enough sleep. And then yeah. when you look at what you're dealing with and you're like, it's that. <laughs> and once you purge that, and once you, you know, and it goes every everything across the board, diet, all that other kind of stuff. But I feel like all of that excessive sleeping came from a place. And it's just those little things where we know it's not right, but we don't go check get checked out or, or figure it out. We just deal with oh, we gonna deal with it. Oh, I'm I'm you know, I'm just an angry person, so just deal with me. That's how I am. I, I've learned to despise when people say those type of things because it means that you feel like you will never change. Like you don't have the ability not to be angry every day. You don't have the ability not to be just like I'm a jealous person. So if you do something, I'm gonna slash your tires. That's just who I am. No, that's that's who you want to be. But you don't have to do that. <laughs> You're making a conscious choice to say I'm the person that's gonna be so angry to slash. Any dude that I'm with, I'm just going to key their card. No, no, you don't. That's just who I am. I, no, that's trauma talking. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> so I'm going to let Derek bring his context in. And then, uh, you know, we're going to keep it moving. So so to what you said, um, God, you made a lot of good points, man. Yes, um, he did. You did. That <laughs> <laughs> was good. But I, I think what happens, too, is... Um, well, I'll say a little bit my, about my experience with it, and I'll say that because um, I went—I remember going to college for the first time, and I didn't know what I really wanted, wanted to do. I didn't just go to school thinking I was going to be a therapist. It took me years to get that way, and I think once I turned, I think twenty, something just kind of clicked that I actually liked helping people. But going to your point too, like you know, sometimes we put too much on our backs, and we just try to carry everyone with us. Learning how to be a therapist taught me how not to do that. So, like, you, I can give, I can put out boundaries, and it just is what it is, and you can't really, like, knows a full sentence. And you can be mad at you can react however, however way you want to it, but that's your reaction. That's not me. That's not my problem. I already said where I stood on that, where I am, not fighting, not arguing, none of that stuff. But it's understanding, like, you can't. The way you the way you make somebody feel isn't just completely based on you, it's on their trauma as well, too, and their like physiological reactions to it all, too. Because it's the same way how in a relationship, you know, you should never get a relationship based on making that, that person making you happy. It should add to your happiness, but it shouldn't be just solely based on that person. That's just codependency. So when we come off of that and just understand, like, you know, I'm responsible for my own emotions and my own feelings, it just I don't know. I, I'll say for me, it gave a breath of fresh air. Right. Yeah. I, I, I asked Derek, I'm going to ask Derek this question. See, my problem yeah. is I, I I hate saying no to people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and like Derek, like Derek, Derek Jones said earlier, it's like, it's I, I, I try to do everything for everybody and I forget about myself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So then when I get to a point, it's then when I do get like, uh, to a point, then I will snap, and then then I'm like, damn, why I'm snapping on people? So then I, I go back to the same cycle. I still want to say no to nobody again because I feel like I was wrong for snapping. But what it is is I, I wasn't dealing with it and saying, you know, worrying about myself in 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 in, in between and let it build up, and then I snap, and then it's a cycle. I feel like I'm snapping on somebody for nothing, but I really wasn't. But it's 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's work in progress, man. So I'm gonna so, I'm gonna jump in. So 
uh, a revelation that I just came to in the last, and I posted it on my page like two weeks ago. Um, and I realized that re in relationships, um, I would get, I would have that problem. And the question was posed to me, well, why? So the thing is that some people in my life, when they would approach me, they would kind of be antsy about my response, right? How I would respond. They wouldn't say everything to me. So I really thought about it. And I was like, and I'm just going to say it bluntly. The thing was, when I would not be mature, in relationships, there's going to be moments when you're not mature. For sure. And you need someone to help you out of that moment. Then you need someone to walk with you, give you guidance to pull you back to your right state. Um, too many times people in my life would say, well, we can't deal with you right now because you're being immature. Don't get mature and then come back and then we'll deal with you, right? So then you go off and then the issue that you have and you struggle with it by yourself, as Kevin said, then you can go try to find something else. But, sure. then, but then going back to the putting stuff on your shoulders, when it was reversed, then you want me to be mature, walk with you through your immaturity, help pull you out, and then <laughs> and I can't tell you to go get mature and come back, but I got to walk with you. And so the thing was, I realized I was getting frustrated at the fact that I didn't feel it was fair that I be mature for you, but you wasn't going to be mature and overlook my immaturity. And I had to go do all, jump through all these hoops to be heard. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah. I couldn't have said it no better, Jermaine. I know exactly what you mean. But, you know, we can't expect people to do what for us what we do for them. That's that's yeah. what we messed up at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it hurts. It's like, man, man, I did this, I do this. But then they turn around and it's like, damn. <laughs> and it hurts. But, yeah, you're right, though, Jermaine. You're right. Yeah. To go back to what Kevin said, too, I think um, – intention matters a lot to to because that behavior of not being able to say no is just called people pleasing and once we were doing that and we're in the midst of doing it it's asking ourselves well why right like going back to what like jermaine said too like you know just checking our intentions with doing it. is it coming from some place of wanting to be um approved to someone liking us more they'll look out for us or whatever and being honest with yourself about that because i mean if, if you're doing it out of good just good faith and you're doing it to be a good person great you can move on from that but once we're doing it for approval of other people, then you're in the wrong space. And 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 and, and Derek, you're absolutely right. And that's what I'm trying to figure out now because it's like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I don't get the results I expect or I want. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you know, and then then I got to think like, why am I really doing this? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So actually, guys, about um expectations and like what kind of expectations you have on other people. Yeah, that that's a good question. Um, I, I I go into it expecting people to be to to do what I do, but I've learned that it's not never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because I and it hurts though. I'm not even yeah. gonna say it hurts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But so I get to a point. It's like man, I just don't want to be around nobody. You know what I'm saying? So. Yep. 
It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a real thing, man. I'm a 47 year old man, and I'm like, I don't need to talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm Kevin Harvey. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? I do. I did, and I still do. And I'm gonna keep on doing. Keep on going. Yeah, Jermaine. So I think like what I've learned, and and you know, like I say, I I, I will read books to 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 uh, Derek. You know what you said earlier about the self evaluation, introspection. Um, I find that for me, my greatest cry has been that I felt like. I haven't been heard. So now Derek Cooper knows this because he is a licensed counselor. Mm. And he this better than all three of us. But I would say probably like 98, 99% of people on the planet have not taken the class on how to listen, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually classes that I learned that, that counselors have to take on how to listen, reflective listening and all this stuff. And so what happens is he's laughing because so the thing is that you get into conversations and um, I'm trying to tell you something and then you flipping and you trying to tell me something. And so one of the most beautiful things about counseling is literally you get an hour and it's all about you. And, sure. and that joker is not going to say nothing about their life. They're not going to talk about their Friendships, nothing. There's, they are there to listen and talk about you. And if you never had a moment where someone was genuinely interested to hear what you had to say, that's the beauty of going to counseling because it's, it seems strange at first because you ain't actually being interested in what you have to say. Right. That's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. And the way that I, the way that I, um, because I'm like a, you know, I'm like an analogy machine. And the way that I have to tune my brain every day just dealing with people is like comic books, right? Like, I feel like in my brain, people's actions, whether positive or negative, have an origin story, right? Just like a comic book character. And even the villains in the comic book characters think they're doing the right thing. Uh, this may look evil to everybody else, but it comes from a place, right? And if you look at most of most of the villains in a comic book, something happened to them to to create that character, right? And so when you when you apply that to like everyday life, it, it gives me peace of mind when I'm encountering something that I feel is negative, and I can say, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and let you let you let you go ahead and do that, and I'm gonna keep my peace so that I don't add on to anything else that I'm dealing with. I'm not going to let you control that. <laughs> so, so that, that keeps me, that keeps me focused on what I need to work on. Cause every day, like every day is a challenge to keep the stress away, to keep the, the, you know, whatever else is going on. We in quarantine. People don't know which, which way is up, whether they going to work, the, you know, so that's a whole nother show in itself. <laughs> sure. You, you have to like for me. That's why. That's why I create. You know, I sell. Well, I'm not even going to talk about that. But that's why I made this shirt because people always say, "Why you keep wearing that shirt?" Different. You know, the same shirt that say the same thing every day. Because that's how I live. That's my life. Like I have to keep reminding myself that my peace of mind is more important than you trying to curse me out in traffic or you know whatever else is going on. That's the only way that I can keep my mind clear. And if I have a clear mind, then I can make better decisions. 
So that's just that's how I operate, and it and, and it helped me over time. And Derek, I'm a I'm a I'm both Derek's like well, Derek Kuba can speak to this too. But I think the other beautiful part about counseling for me has been to take those mental pauses and talk to yourself. So many times when you're going through your day. You just react to stuff in real time. And so I got this phrase that I say that I learned over the years. Emotions are real, but not always based on reality. Uh, right? Very true. So the very thing very is, I used to be, well, I'm still transitioning, but a lot of times I would just respond in real time. And then you respond and then you don't ask yourself some questions like, hey, is this me? Is this is this really? Did they really mean that? Whatever the process is, and it's, it's just little mental check that you have to start doing that. A lot of times we weren't taught to do, and you know you you know you tell yourself like again, what comes first, right? The thought. Right? So there was something I tell myself. I interpret that action, which elicits an emotion. And now I'm responding based on my emotion, based on my yep. thought. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not even not even verifying if my interpretation is accurate. Oh, he just disrespecting me. I ain't no punk. I can't let him punk me. I gotta yeah. let him know this is how I go down. That's funny. You no, know, he's standing up and he ain't even mean that. Yeah. Right. And just real quick. Real real quick, Derek, just real quick. I read something online this past week, and you may have heard this too, Derek. I forget who, who the doctor or whoever it was, but they were saying, and that you probably heard this, that an emotion, every emotion only lasts 90 seconds. Have you heard that before? Not 90 wow. seconds. It was something like that, right? And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, right. I know some people that have been emotional for like, you know, <laughs> days and weeks. And the, and the way that they said it was... um. For that 90 seconds, you experience that emotion. Every every time after that, it's the story that you're telling yourself about it. It's not oh, even yeah. about the actual thing that happened. It's what you what you perceive it to be and how you can take in the stories that you're telling yourself that keeps yep. it going. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I was like 90 seconds. I was like, yeah, whatever. But the premise makes perfect sense. It's what we're telling ourselves about how to feel about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think that um, it's like when we look at emotions that aren't technically what someone won't, won't say, like they're positive emotions, like being sad, being angry, being upset about things. People technically usually like put those things away and they don't want to deal with it. And then every time they start to feel sad about something again, they automatically push it down. And it's like, well, you keep feeling this way because you haven't dealt with what's actually making you get that way in the first place. Um to go back to what Jermaine said too, I think that I think it's key to take everything in a neutral space because once we start taking like you know things too high, too low, our expectations start getting messed up. But if someone can like by you say something, you take it neutral. It's like oh, okay, cool. But it's remembering to take a compliment the same kind of way because that same person that can build you up can break you down, right. and no one's gonna power over you. Yeah. So. We gonna we gonna um I'm looking at the clock. Y'all still good? Ain't nobody bedtime, right? 
You look high, man. We good. Hey, we can't think, man. I'm about to get my mask, man. We good. <laughs> so the next thing I want to I want to touch on um, is trauma, right? Mm. And I talked to you guys about this a little bit before the show, but the same way that we look at mental health issues and it's stigmatized about, you know, you crazy if you go get help. Some people think that trauma is only like the most egregious things that we see, like, you know, like somebody's right. getting up in a relationship, domestic violence, they're going to be traumatized or someone's molested and they're traumatized. It still fits under the umbrella, but it's some stuff that people go through every day. Uh, and I'll yeah. for me, right? I didn't grow up with a bunch of like craziness around me, but my relationship breakups and, and all this other stuff that happens, that, <laughs> that like, and I always, I've told this story a million times. The first three girlfriends I had in a row, they all cheated. By the time the third one happened, I was like, snap. And at that point, that yeah. trauma yeah. created another trajectory for me where I didn't care about anybody else's feelings at that point. It was about me getting, making sure that you didn't get me first. And that's where a lot of what I do now with the, with the life coaching stuff, I had to become an expert at human behavior in order to see you coming. So I had to pay attention to everything because I was afraid to feel like that again. And that created a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother human being as a result, as a protective thing for that, for that trauma. Go ahead, Kevin. That's hey, Doug, you're 100 percent right with that statement, man. It's like you got your eye open when somebody hurts you, right? So then, so that affects your relationship. You you can never if you don't ever get deal with the trauma, you're never going to be in a, a successful relationship. Never. You're not. You know what I'm saying? I know that. You know I know that because I'm 47 years old and I'm single. <laughs> And it's because of stuff that happened in the past, whether it was my fault, their fault, or whatever. But it it, it is what it is. Like just, I just, you know. I, I, but like I said, I'm in therapy and I'm working on it, and hopefully, we're gonna get better with it. I think the toughest part for everybody, only thing is just black men specifically, is forgiveness and then self forgiveness. Self forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially with like the trauma from like past relationships and stuff, because like you know, just to forgive what happened, like you know, I feel like a lot of people like automatically bite their tongue or like they don't just don't like that feeling because pride, bitter, still being hurt about it or whatever. But it, it stands in the way of making that progress when we can't forgive ourselves and the other party. Yes, yes, I de I definitely have a problem with forgiving myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm very yeah. hard on myself. I'm I'm my own worst critic. Everybody tells me that they like, "What's wrong with you?" But it is. I'm working on it. And, and, and hey, you know man. what? Now that you say that, Kevin, it's it's even more like we talk about being being afraid to talk to someone about it. But right. a lot of times we're afraid to talk to ourselves about it. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. and and yeah. I know I fell into that category where I felt like. You know, I'm a bi. I'm out yeah. here. You know, I'm yeah. doing what I want to do. I'm foot loose, yeah. fast, free. I don't give yeah. a damn. But I didn't. I didn't talk about or resolve that trauma. So then it looked like drinking. It looked like going out and doing all this other craziness. And I never thought that. Wait, I'm doing this because of that. It took most of my life to figure out that's what it was. But while yeah. I was in it, I was like, I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we have to tell ourselves to keep on moving. Because yeah. if we start talking about it, 
first of all, you got to identify that it's even something to talk about. We so right. used to just moving and we're not used to stopping. So it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna let this girl that I broke up with take me down. I'm just gonna be uh, a best <laughs> to talk about. Please, I'm not crying. I'm about to go out here. Yeah, and I'm about to get three more. <laughs> so I can feel better. You know, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna say all, but a lot of men do that sure. uh, as a way, and women now, you know, women do it too. But, but, but that's what we do to try to instead of talking it out, figuring it out, so that we're in a better position for the next person. Not only do we try to self heal, but we make them pay for it. Right? For sure. Let me I've ask heard. you a question, a a a Derek Cooper. What what is that called? Is that is that a psychological term when you Suppress. I mean, is it suppression or whatever? When you have trauma and you're not dealing with it, but it keeps surfacing up in other areas of your life. Yeah, repression. So I feel like it's a difference between the two because I feel like repression is more um, conscious. If that makes any sense, like I feel like you're pushing things down, or you might not just make it a big deal and give the acknowledgement that you really should. Um, I think especially with that, like, I'll use that as an analogy, I guess, like, you know, you break up with somebody, like, you know, just hit the street. Like, it's just like, you know, to push that down and just try to get through the hurt feeling, but you're not actually fixing anything. You're just putting a Band-Aid over it. Right. Yeah. And you saying, so repression is, you said repression is conscious? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, repression is conscious and suppression is when it's like an unconscious push down because it was something that happened in your uh. brain. I got you. I got yeah. you. Yeah, because I, I, what, I, what I was, we all was just saying that, like, I think um, I had to learn that everything is connected. Like, I, I used to, when I was younger, I saw everything as compartmentalized. And now as I'm getting older, I see everything is connected or interconnected. And so, um, like, Trauma, my my first trauma was that I could remember was being like seven. And my dad would come take me to the movies. And I came outside and was dressed up and I sat on a porch. He was there all day and my friends was playing and they was like, yo, you don't want to play? And I'm like, nah, my father coming. Uh, uh, like, he never came. He never called. And so then it was like, Something broke that day in me when it came to my father. And then it was years later that I was dealing with other relationships. And and you, I was having issues with men, uh, any man that kind of came at me. It was like I'm punishing them for what my father did. So it took some time. I finally reconciled with him and we worked things out. But those, those things walk with me because I I mean at seven I didn't know how to deal with it and it wasn't until my late teens early 20s that I started the process of trying to figure out what's this because I started to see a pattern like Derek said I started to see a pattern with certain men in authority and it was like what's the problem sometimes I wanted to be around them but then when they started to try to work with me I would push them off uh -huh. I didn't understand what was going on and so you know, that repression, suppression piece, then, you know, start going to counseling, you realize, okay, you got daddy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? 
And also, this, this, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead. Now, I wanted to ask you guys because um, Jermaine kind of brought up something and pushing people away. Just like you guys, if you recognize what your defense mechanisms are. Um, I can give examples of that if you want. If you want to know. Okay. Um, so it could be it could be just the pushing away. It can be um, gaslighting is a huge one. Uh, trying to make like two more. I, well, I can tell you what mine is. Mine is always to try to retaliate. Yeah. You see, what I'm saying like so. If you hurt me, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna go do something over here to you so you're gonna see it not you know retaliation that's my that's my hundred percent i jump all the way out the window <laughs> i mean I, I don't know if this is gaslighting but i think kind of to what derek was talking about earlier you know um you once you get hurt you go through a season where the you know there's different stages of relationships and then you it it gets to a point where you're trying to commit and you kind of looking like, well, um, they gonna hurt me, so I'm gonna do something or self sabotage or stuff like that. So I yeah, yeah. used to do that a lot because you once you hurt, you tend not to trust people. So even when people actually do have your best interest in mind, you don't believe them because you have such a pattern. Or going back to the other piece, you keep telling yourself about the ninety seconds. Well, it's gonna be this again, so you won't even. Allow yourself to have a good moment because you're expecting the worst. Hey, hey, Jermaine, you couldn't have said it better, man. Self sabotaging. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had sure. a client um, on Saturday, and uh, you know, she was. I, I guess this doesn't bring confidentiality. She was talking about her relationship with men and, like, you know, why, like, you know, she's single, then just all of that. And she got to a point. She just had an epiphany in the middle of the session and said, um, "I." don't know what to do with a good guy. Like, you know, if I get somebody that's a jerk or treats me bad because she has so much experience with it, I think I know mm -hmm. how to do it because the good person, the perceived nice person, they have more potential to hurt me down the line because they make me vulnerable. I trust them, right? And the person yeah. that's not emotionally available or just, just a jerk, um, you know how to move around that and you already don't have to open up yourself so much. And I feel like guys go through the same thing as well, too, sometimes with women. Like, you know, you might have, like, daddy issues or um, abandonment issues from your mom, whatever it may be. We're not taught how to – we're not taught how to get into, like, a healthy argument. We're not taught how to, how to disagree with somebody but just, like, you know, come back together from it. Like, everything doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all. It doesn't have to be, like, oh, we got to fight over. Like, no, you can come back from that situation, but – I think a lot of us are taught to once things go wrong, like get out. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my defense mechanism was just like like one of the um, commenters. I'm a, I'm gonna talk to a few of the comments in a second here. Um, avoidance, just just avoiding yeah. avoiding uh, it to fix it. Yeah. That was my uh, way to fix it was to disappear. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, like everybody talk about ghosting. I was the ghost king. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wasn't gonna find me, and I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. You know, how people say, "Just be a real man and tell me that it wasn't." I, I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. Care. I didn't care, especially if it wasn't. If we didn't spend enough time for me, this was the old me. Okay, guys, this was like way, way, way back when I didn't have a career, right? So I didn't care, especially if the time we spent, 
I felt like it wasn't the time we spent wasn't enough for me to even spend more time explaining why I'm leaving. than we actually spent time together. Have a good day. That's that was my mentality. I didn't care about the, the dialogue and the communication. And, you know, maybe it might have worked out. Who knows? I didn't uh, when I felt pressure, I would just run. Yeah. And yeah. With no, no yeah. remorse, no empathy, but that came from <laughs> from from way back. This yeah. so like this, what I wanted yeah. to talk about with trauma um, before we jump off of this topic. But a lot of times, people don't realize is even you know, like like you know, we dealing with single parent homes and and divorce and 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 people don't realize that even like a five year old kid experiences trauma sometimes when when maybe a parent isn't there or or they had the two parents and now they don't. And you don't, they're having fun, right? They at Chuck E. Cheese. You don't really know what that looks like until they 16 or they 25 or they 30. And they're making all of these decisions based on something that they felt when they was little. Uh-huh. And it just carries on. A lot of us have been through, like we, if you really look at, like I always talk about your, your tool, I call it, I call it the toolbox, the tools that you had from a kid, from a teenager, to be able to communicate, to be able to to socially just deal with people and stress and, and stuff like that. That box is empty as hell for most of us. We uh, gotta try to build it as we go, but we don't need. We didn't have the blueprint. Uh, so when you when you're ten and your dad leaves, you gotta <laughs> suck it up. Wow, you're not talking to anybody. You just go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Your wow. mama might be like, "You the man of the house now." Who that? A ten year old can't be the man of the house. Stop it! And that's the worst thing you can say to a child is you're the man of the house. Wow. <laughs> the worst thing. You can say. So you know, it, it people don't who went through that. And yeah. That back to that the whole stigma piece because we've been men in the house since we was like seven, seven or up years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people say that that build's supposed to, you know, build character, but you're 10, you're seven. (laughs) You can't even be a kid anymore. Now you grow up into an adult. You got to carry that with you. You didn't, you wasn't allowed to grow like you're supposed to. And, Uh and, And when that person becomes, let's say that there's something negative that comes from all of that, right? The person on the receiving end, maybe you dating a woman and you doing something that she hates and she's like, oh, he's evil. Oh, he's a bad guy. That's why I always say, yeah, there's people out here that are really just doing evil stuff every day. Uh-huh. But you got to look at like we don't we're born that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that doesn't mean you allow the bad behavior. But I'm saying at some point we have to collectively say, all right, guys. Yeah, we've been through some stuff. We're going to counseling. We figuring it out. Now we got to show somebody else the way too. For like sure. I'm not, the, I'm not the therapist or the counselor, but at least I can say, you know what? That's not right. Like, this, hey, little seven year old cousin, I see you over there in the corner. You, you might need to. You want to talk about it instead of saying, "Suck it up, go outside and play." Right. Yeah. yeah I think that's the beauty of counseling because. The key word that you said to me, and I wrote it down, was when you said toolbox, right? And because of trauma, I had three tools. Anger, being loud, and taking stuff personal. That's how I do everything. You get what I'm saying? 
So if you did me wrong, I'm taking that personal and I'm going to respond in kind. You get what I'm saying? And But when you're not getting the results to what Kevin said earlier, when you're not getting the results, then you got to say, well, what's going on? And it's like when you go to the actual storm by a toolbox, it could be 15, 20, 30 different tools in that joker. And now you got a whole toolbox on three tools in it. And you trying to get all the jobs done emotionally with three tools. That's why you had to go to counseling sometimes because the counselors can help you learn and develop some other tools to help you. And here's the thing. Do I want to vent? Do I want to vent? Or do I want to be understood? And if I be understood, I got to talk differently than if I'm just venting. And I had, and that took me a long time to learn because I thought if I vented, then you should you should understand, but everybody don't receive the venting language. Yeah. Hey, Jermaine, you pod now, brother. You pod now. I do got a tool for you guys if you haven't heard of it yet. Um, it's a book. Um, it's like one of my favorites, and I bring it up all the time. It's called The Four Agreements. Um, yeah. 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 You have it already? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I bought it for somebody else. I didn't read it, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so, it's so like such like a simple read, yeah, and it's, it's so good. <laughs> you said it's called what again? It's not, it's not that thick. Nah, the four agreements. Yes, yes. Hey, Jermaine, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I got one for y'all too, but go, go, go. Let's let, let Derek uh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Give us like a give us like a little sixty second like why people need to to read it. So I pulled it up on my phone because I wanted to remember all four of the agreements. So it's just mm -hmm. four principles really to live by, just so we take out the complexity of life because life is not that complicated. Like honestly, it's kind of like the same cycle over and over again as us just trying to um, do the best we can each and every day. So the four agreements are one: be impeccable with your word. Mm -hmm. So if you and do it. Um, don't fool around. Don't lie to people. Don't make excuses for things. Just do it. Um, don't take anything personally because kind of goes back to my neutral point. Take everything in that neutral space. Nothing gets you too high. Nothing gets you too low. Um, don't make assumptions because that just leads to like you know rationalizing, us ruminating in our heads about everything. And I, I've literally seen people make up a whole relationship or story based off an assumption. Like none of that even happened. Amen. <laughs> and the last one is um, always do your best. So whatever you do, put 100% into it. Don't slack because at the end of the day, you only let yourself down and you don't do your best. So I feel like those four very basic things, but I feel like anyone can apply them. Wow. I got a book for y'all. Unlearn by Humble the Poet. Incredible. Yeah, Incredible yeah. book. Really <laughs> Incredible. Mm -hmm. What is it called? Unlearn. And it's by humble, humble the poet, right? Yeah. Yep. It's incredible. Humble. It's incredible, Derek. Trust me. It's, it's, it's getting that tonight. You get it tonight? Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's a very is that it? Book, huh? Look at the screen. Is that it? I can't see. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't see, I just I don't see nothing. Where oh, you, you can't at? see it. Yeah. 
Unlearned by Humble the Poet, right? Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's a very, very, very good book. Easy read too, man. It's like a hundred chapters, yeah. but the chapter might be two pages. It's, 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 oh man. That's what started me, actually. That book. When I read that and was going through the pages, I'm like, wow. I didn't know I was doing this. I didn't know I was doing that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah. It's a good book, man. So whoever's watching, y'all should pick it up. Thank you. It's not a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a sales pitch until you write yours, man. It's coming. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what we're going to do. Um, we had an hour now, right? Okay. So what I'm going to do, what we're going to do is, you know, there's there's a host of other topics we can talk about. We're going to do a part two. Um, date cool. to be determined depending on schedules, but we're going to do a part two. And we will, um, on the side, discuss what those topics are. And people that are in the comments, if there's some topics that you want um, to hear, um, you know, let us know when we can discuss it. I may add another. We got we got room for six total people, so I may add another person or two. Um, and real quick before we leave, I'm gonna make sure that the I know there was one person on here um, from Periscope, Aggie Hort. We're gonna we're going to. Um, I normally don't allow call-ins on these shows because it's a it's a a, a, a podcast, so the audio is going to get uploaded, and I don't know, like I don't know all of y'all, so I don't know who's going to pop up. <laughs> but um, I will do a show where we can do like a Q and A, not the part two, but we can do a Q and A because you're on Periscope. When I put the link up, you can't click it. So what you're going to do on Periscope is you're going to go into my uh, profile, click on my website, and go to live show. And find me on one of the social medias and just hit me up on the side and say, hey, I want to come. I want to come in on the show and then we can talk. So I just wanted to address that. Um, and then let me see real quick. Let me make sure. I thought I saw everything. This is going back. So somebody uh, on Periscope, Jojo Stern said, everyone thinks they're a little smarter than the other. Uh I think this was back going to um, when we were talking about, you know, when I was talking about the origin story, Jojo Stern says, when we do that, we need to hesitate and say, where, where in them is that coming from? I say that all the time about people because, you know, I, when you see people and you know, they having a bad day. And then like, I always talk about how energy gets transferred. Mm-hmm. I always say, maybe they having a bad day. I need to just go ahead and let them <laughs> go ahead, so, Kevin. Look, I'm, I'm going to give you this story, right? Today, right? I went to go play my numbers at the liquor store, right? So I played my numbers and I gave the guy, I thought I gave him a 20, but I might have gave him a 10, but it wasn't enough money. Asian guy, right? He cussed me out, mm. right? And I'm like, I, it took me by surprise. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I thought I gave you this. Man, you get out of my store. I'm like, what? And Derek, you already know. I'm like, so I had to calm myself. I said, look, man. I looked at him. I, you, know, you know what it was? I looked at him, I looked at his mask, right? When I had a mask on, I'm like, we all mm-hmm. going through it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We all going through it. It's frustration. I feel you, but you shouldn't talk yep. to me like that, right? Right. But right. I wanted to talk the life out of him. But I of went course home. You, of course. It was me all day. Of course. I my but I, of I, I course. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to to let stuff like that go 
because especially as men, we have pride and we don't hey, want bro, you know, hey bro, hey Dirk. I was like, I was driving home, I wanted to turn around. I said, you know what? I'm too old, I'm going home. But now, but see, this is, <laughs> but this is the headspace that we live in at this age. Right. And where I always go to, I got <laughs> I got stuff to lose now. <laughs> I can't I and what and what action <laughs> Sets the stage for my how my how I'm going to be able to interact with my family, how I'm going, you know, make money in that one moment. One moment can change it, like and I'm telling you, it might call me so off guard. But you know what I said? I said it is where I can get 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 back at him. Is never support his store again. There you go. And that's there it. It's it's always we a way. That's we, why got that, we even though you know what I mean. <laughs> that's what I always believe is. And just in in what I do, you know, just in IT and troubleshooting, there's not always one answer. It's always multiple answers. And maybe you just chose the wrong one that time. And there's another way to look at stuff. That's how I live my life. That's why I can't, I can't, no matter what I do, whether it's the life coaching, whether it's being an engineer, if I feel like something's bringing such a negative energy to me or I can't solve this problem, I can't figure it out, then I'm like, you know what? That's not the path. Let me figure out another one because there's going to be one that's going to work for me. That's how I feel. There's always going to be a path that I'm supposed to take mm-hmm. and if this one don't feel good, I don't stop and give up or or lash out. I'm going to find one that works so that I can maintain my peace of mind. This is the most important thing to me. Like it took me my whole life to figure out how important having that sanity and that mind clarity. clarity. And you're talking about health, right? Stress. Like, come on now. At least two of y'all on the panel got to know that stress. Derek, I know you're a little younger, but (laughs) once you get to a certain point, that stress hit a little different. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it, it hits a little different. Yeah. <laughs> it hits yeah. a little different. It hits a little harder. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, you can't experience stress. I'm saying I used to be the one to be able to be like, yeah, I got this. Now I'd be like, you know what, man? That thing that took me out for a whole day. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think straight. Yeah. I need to get over this. And I'm like, dang. And then next thing you know, you feeling sick. And it's just affecting mm. like all over your body. And it's like, yeah. hey, is it that that person that cursed me out? Is it worth that? Yeah, I was, I was, where I was my I mind was goes. Is it worth tight. that? I was tight, man. I'm talking about to the point, like I was like, I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I just came up at the house and was like, okay. I said I got this podcast with Derek tonight later. So I <laughs> <laughs> see, I saved your life, brother. I saved your life today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a part two. Everybody that's on here, um, just stay connected. Um, and I'm going to let you guys go, and I'm going to close the show out so I can tell them how to be connected or whatever. But we're going to do okay. a part two. We're going to figure out what it is. I may bring somebody else up here. Another, I got, Like I said, I got space for two, but I'm not taking open people just randomly coming in when they feel like it. I'm not <laughs> doing that. So um, no shade against anybody on here. We know y'all all perfectly nice people, but I don't know y'all. So I got to make sure that this thing goes off and, and we get the information we need to get in. So if you want to hit me on the side and you got a topic or you want to come on the show, let me know. It's not a problem. We all human. And I want this show to project out that real people have real problems and those real problems have real solutions or at least you can manage it better. Right. This is For what sure. I had to learn. You may not cure it, 
but you can learn how to manage it better. That's sure. that's what a life lesson for me because I was like, I can't, as I'm Mister, I can't fix it. No, you can manage it better though, because I always want to fix it to it like to a fault. Like it's got to be done, it's fixed. But I realized sometimes you can't fix trauma, you can't fix a lifetime of depression, but you can manage it so that you're functional in society and you're not just taken out like that. Right. And so, like for me, where I look at it now, like the age that that we are, you know, we got a four in front of our in front of our ages now. Yes, sir. <laughs> what I think about in closing, and we'll touch on this for a few minutes, is that knowledge that I that it took me that long. Who do I give that to? That may be twenty, uh. so they don't have to look at life through that lens of the tumultuousness and the anger and the, all of that. If I can give that gift, that's why I wanted to do this show. It's so many little black boys and girls out here yeah. that don't know. Like we figured it out over time. It took it trial by fire. Right. But they really don't have nah. like a bare minimum tool to use. And if we can give them, and I'm not talking about like, like, you know, if they 10, they might listen. They might not 22. Uh-huh. They, might, they might, they might listen a little bit because we, we got to try because like I said earlier, we didn't know because we didn't have the tools. But what if somebody said, here's the tools right here. All you got to do, you can use them to apply to your life. But at least you got something to start with so that you can, you know, hopefully make a little bit, you know, but we gonna, everybody going to make their own mistakes. But we definitely didn't have I know I didn't. I didn't. I, I just kind of fumbled through it. Go ahead, Jermaine. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, I mean, I just think. One, I want to thank you for creating this platform, right? Both, Derek, I want to thank you, right? I think for all of us, I think the biggest ass is going to be trying to create a culture in our community where it's okay to go get help. That's the biggest issue because it's still a stigma in our community. It's a lot of people going... First, when we was in our 20s, but there's a lot more people who need to go and just get some yeah. help. Yeah. Talk. And that's yeah. what I think. If you look at therapy as just going to talk, it's going to be it's going to be a great thing. Just yeah. go have a conversation. And it's not as bad. I mean, it's not as bad as people think. Once you get there, it, it turns into something else. And you would never even think that it would do that for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And and and, real, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you get the. the I'm gonna get you. Let, let Derek Cooper get the last word here. <laughs> um, you gotta really look at like Jermaine was talking about community, right? And it just like we we all, I'm sure, um, have been in a situation where we had a friend that was just doing too much, or they were drinking too much, or they was cheating too much and we just sat there and was like that's my boy so I'm gonna just let him do his thing and he on the side of the road throwing up and you know he didn't drink some stuff that's probably the equivalent to gasoline 10 times over and you just like nah he'd be alright uh-huh. that he might have just broke up with his wife or, and, and there's no first of all the person that's listening probably don't have the tools to communicate but what if you say, hey, man, 
that drinking you doing that ain't cool man like what do you what's up man you good oh you know what you might you know you might want to talk to somebody about that because i i mean i love you man like we got we gotta like who who was saying that at 20 right most right. of us were saying i love my brother at nah, 20 nah. Out there just doing you know what i'm saying when when that becomes normal then the conversation starts to become easier right we at the end of the day like we <clears throat> collectively no matter what damage we have done or people we've hurt or hurting ourselves we came up in an era where there was a code man like you wasn't just gonna be out here just doing whatever at some point that's my that, you know you might have fought you might have did whatever but at the end of the day that's your brother like we like if we don't ever get back to that it we're never going to be be able to get where we need to get because people that go to Derek Cooper to get help. Sometimes it may take a Jermaine to say, Hey man, you might need to go talk to somebody because mm -hmm. Derek Cooper can go out on the street and say, Hey, come to me. A lot of times, sometimes people have to either get that epiphany or someone they love is going to say, look, man, that what you doing that right there ain't cool, man. Yeah. You might need to, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll help you find the person, but this, this right here that we you can't do that. Most of us men, we're not doing that with our friends. We just letting them do whatever because that's the man code, right? You don't snitch, you don't tell, you don't just let that let that man do him. And I know women do it too, so we're not gonna let y'all be absolved. <laughs> as men, we see a lot of and I know it's gonna be some dudes that's gonna be like, man, stop saying that. We don't get healed and we don't get fixed if we don't start talking about it. That's yeah. true. Man. So, Derek Cooper, I'm gonna let you have the final, the final word here, and then we're gonna try to figure out what this part two looks like. Yeah, man. Um, first off, I appreciate you even inviting me to do this. Like, we like linked up randomly like Saturday and started talking yeah. about this. So, and I, I'm happy I was even here with you guys. Even had this conversation, and I think too, like the fact that like you know, you guys are like you know, my elders, you're not old, but like, you know, you guys are like, you know, generation above me. I get to watch this happen too and have this, have to see you guys be open about mental health and like want to talk about this kind of stuff is new to me. And like, I find it amazing. And I honestly appreciate every single one of you even doing this right now. Um, I'll, I'll speak for like, you know, my friend group, like that was something that we established probably around 19, 20 years old with all like the guys in our group. Like, you know, we talked about stuff like we really did. And like we had, I don't, I don't know if, if I had anything to do with it or just the kind of people we were, but we were very open to trying to find ways to deal with everything going on. And I would check my male friends. Like I would check them and say like, you know, like, yo, what are you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? Like, you know, I know you just broke up with her. Like, you know, what's going on? And like try to make sure they're okay. And this is before I even found out I wanted to be a therapist. And, but I think those, to kind of go to you guys' point, I think those things are starting to change a little bit more. I feel like my generation is starting to be more open to talk about how they feel about things, guys included, just talk about how they feel about things and actually talking, maybe not to a therapist, but to somebody about it. Like, I'm in my late 20s, so, like, technically a millennial, kind of on the cusp of that, but, like, a lot of people I know around me are they're open to talking about their issues, at least with me and like with like people close to them as well too. So I was happy that I, was like, I, I at least played a part in cultivating that kind of environment for the people I care about. And anybody that I meet 
friend, stranger, whatever. Like I try to give off that same kind of energy to anybody. So, right. yeah, yeah. So I thank you, gentlemen. Like I said, we're gonna do it, brother. Appreciate it, man. This was this was dope, man. It was dope. Yeah, and and it really like before we leave, what I what I want to let people understand and know, there's no one that's on this panel that's got it all together, right? We always (laughs) a work in progress, but where everyone up here will be able to say, and I don't even like I can't speak for them, but I guarantee you. As soon as we all get off of here, just from talking about this stuff, we're going to feel like there's a little weight that just got lifted. For sure. Just from, just from talking sure. about it, right? So hey, that's the key. All we did was talk about it, right? And there's going to be a little bit of a, there's going to be some therapy here for us. As we're talking and you guys are listening, it's therapeutic just to talk about it. That's the life lesson. Talk about it. And once yeah. you talk about it and you get it off your chest, then that pressure releases and then you can kind of like think better. I'm always about like the, like I'm the brain hacker. Like if you start clearing out some of the clutter and you start having more clear thoughts, then you can start seeing like, it's like the, the lenses are different and you're like, wait, why am I doing this? I had to have that epiphany at some point. I was like, all this stuff I'm doing. If I try to fast forward this track, there's no happiness at the end of it. And I'm not getting any younger, so I got to change something in order for me to get to the goal. Like, what's my goal? Am I going to be out here just being random and running amok until I'm 75? Or am I going to make it? Am I going to make a shift for my happiness? And once I did that, and once I took the time to breathe, then I kind of fell into, you know, that the energy changes, and now I was able to receive. My now wife. But if I was like that dude, <laughs> I, who knows, right? And I'm not saying that everybody's going, especially now, everybody's going to end up married, okay? The numbers just don't add up, right? But you can definitely, if nothing else, live a happier, fruitful, growth-filled life if you just take a minute to like, and like I said before, once again, I'm going to close with this. We don't all have the tools, but there are people that are more educated and informed than we are, like a Derek Cooper, who can put that map together for you to say, okay, here's the pieces. And, uh-oh, what's that, Jermaine? I was trying to point. He's pointing to Derek Cooper, man. He's pointing to Derek. <laughs> the camera was like, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we... At the end of the day, it's it's really just about growth. Like I'm all about growth. If you're not, if you're just staying stagnant, then in every everything that you experience, whether it's negative or positive, like depression, stagnant depression, there's no, there's you, you're gonna perpetually stay in that state until you try to break the cycle. Anything that you're dealing with that's debilitating, and a lot of us live with it. And 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 I would say this too, it, as as men. There's a lot of women out here that are carrying a lot of pain from men that experience pain and put that on you. For and sure. now you have to be someone's mom, right? It's not fair, right? And that kid, if we don't check ourselves, becomes us. Uh. And I always say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And sometimes that gift we give our kids is our trauma. 
And and then we're like, why are they wilding out? Why are they doing? And then you look at wait, they just watch me and my wife argue for the past five years every day. They didn't even know what it looked like to be happy. You part now, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And when a woman meets that guy that comes from that, he an asshole. He ain't shit. And when you as the man who ain't shit, you earned that title. You did your dirt. But what you got to hear in your head every time you think, I ain't shit. I ain't shit. So I might as well be that dude then. I'm going to be the villain in your story then. If that's what I'm going to be, let me go ahead and be that. And now, oops, dang, I got somebody pregnant. Now I'm a dad. What you going to teach your kid now? Wow. Like that's that's The rabbit hole goes deep. And now you got a whole generation growing up with not a toolbox, but a box full of trauma. Mm. And they got to be all right. That's where that's where this comes from. That's where my passion for what I'm doing. Like I always tell people in the on the science fiction movie, that movie Minority Report, where Tom Cruise was like he mm-hmm. had to arrest people before they. I want you to. I want you to. I want to tell you like, hey, look, that there's the the crime is about to happen. Go this way. <laughs> Go right. read the video before you think about doing. That's why I do this because I want people to really. I don't have all the answers. But I can assemble the Avengers and you put us all together and maybe you can somebody got it tonight. For sure. Right? So yeah. I'm gonna close that out. Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate you. We're gonna talk about a part two. Don't know when because I got another show. Well, I'm gonna talk about that. I got another show on Wednesday, but um we'll talk about what day works for everybody. But we're gonna get this in. Like I said, I may bring in somebody else. I, I've seen a couple people that say they're interested in coming on. And people in the comments, comment. Um any type of mental health related topics. We're still in the month of May. We're not only going to talk about it in the month of May, but we really want to put a microscope on it. Um, that's why I always lead my shows with I'm a mental health advocate. I lead with that. Even though I talk about relationships, a lot of relationships rely on your brain to be clear. So yeah. we're going to leave you with that. Thank you, gentlemen. And I'm going to let y'all go. And I'm show out here. Let me put y'all on mute just in case y'all feel froggy real quick. Let me go ahead and... Uh, all right, guys. Thank you, guys, listeners, for joining. Um, we're gonna do this again. I know there's a lot. It was a lot of meat tonight for you to chew on. So go back and listen to the replay. Get your friends and family share and invite. Um, on this show, I have another show on Wednesday night at eight p.m. where I have a young lady coming on, and we're gonna talk about the title is gonna be called "Public Success While You're Struggling in Private." Right. So go ahead and let that marinate real quick. We're going to talk about people who who are successful. And it looks good. But they're struggling in private with their everyday lives and things that they're dealing with. And that fits a lot of us, Um, especially now we're in quarantine and all of that. So we're going to get it in. I'm going to keep bringing good content to you. This is also a podcast. So let me put that information up for you as well so that you can see that for those of you that are viewing on the live show. Um, you can get this podcast basically everywhere. Like that's just a little, a little uh, snapshot of some of the places you can get it from. But anywhere you can get podcasts from, I'm there. All you got to do is search for Relationship Gumbo, and it pops up, and you can binge. I think we're at 31 episodes, um, and then this is this one. I think we'll make 32. But we just, I'm just gonna keep popping this content out 
and, and giving you information. We're going to have some some more guests throughout the month. Like I said, we're going to do a part two to this soon. So stay tuned for that. And what you also want to do is go to relationshipgumbo.net. And that's where you can find all things Relationship Gumbo. We have Relationship Gumbo Life Coaching, Relationship Gumbo Apparel, and the Relationship Gumbo Podcast. So it's all one big happy family. And I think that is all. Let me make sure there's no extra comments here. And we're going to get out of here. Let me put myself back on the screen real quick so I can say goodbye. So hopefully you guys have a great rest of your night. What's left of it? And a great rest of your week and weekend. And make sure you stay safe out there. Wash your hands, wear your mask, do whatever you got to do to protect yourself and your family and your community around you. And we will see you um, Wednesday at 8 p.m. And then after that, we're going to do a part two for this. So I'll let you know what date that's going to be. Have a great night. Okay, everybody wants good love. That's true. I know Derek Jones about to break it down with the relationship gumbo. Welcome to the podcast. Ain't no doubt we all need this. Hey, cause better relationships need better ingredients. Hey, so if you want better relations, it's about communication, finding love, staying together. We all want to make it better. Yeah, Derek Jones, the host, your relationship coach. Thank you all for tuning in. Relationship gumbo.